This week the episode's going to look a little bit different. It's a lot shorter because this is an interview with one of Dan's former students. Um, after last week's episode where we talked about getting into the Word and, and how that um, process works for my dad, I wanted to know well, what was it like as a student growing up in his youth ministry and then coming into your adulthood and putting those practices uh, into practice. And so. I got a chance to meet with uh, one of Dad's former students while we were at a retreat, and this. So you you hear him say things like, you know, we've been talking about this whole weekend, and that's what he means is uh, we were at that retreat. And he also makes mention of a place called Purdy's. Well, Purdy's is a coffee shop in their hometown, where every Tuesday my dad meets with students, and he does he calls it high school seminary, and he meets with um, up to forty or fifty students in this coffee shop, and they've been doing it for seven or eight years. And he challenges them with theology, and he makes them write papers, and he has them really dig into their faith. And so um, Purdy's is kind of a special place for his youth group. And so you'll hear Alex make mention of that and, again, of the retreat. But this is just a shorter conversation that we wanted to share with you about somebody who's put it into practice of a lifestyle of staying in the Word. All right, so this afternoon I am sitting with Alex Price, and Alex is one of those guys that has been through Dad's uh, youth ministry, and we wanted to get him in the studio and just kind of talk to him for a minute, and not to pump up Dad's ministry or his ego or anything like that, but we all know that his mantra is, if you get into the Word... The Word will get into you and it'll change your life. He guarantees it. That's exactly right. And so his whole thing is the... Um, the importance of Scripture and the prominence of Scripture in your life. And we just wanted to ask you, you went through his ministry. Now, how how old were you? Did you go from 7th all, through, all the way through 12th? or 6th grade. 6th grade. grade through 12th. So yeah. I was 12, yeah. I think. Or no, even younger than that. So what was uh, your experience with that? You know, when you first come in and you start hearing that mantra, and he asks you the question, you know, he starts out and he says, hey, you know, welcome to the weekly gathering. How many of you read your Bible every day for a week? Yeah. So what did that, like, was that for you? Was that like, well, this guy's crazy. Like to ask that in front of everybody, you know? Well, I don't think that I thought it was crazy because I'd grown up in the church. I knew who okay. Steve was. I was very much looking forward to being in the youth group. I remember being in fifth grade, trying to go down there when my sister was there <laughs> and I was never allowed. They made right. it very exclusive. I was kicked out instantly. <laughs> He would send me right back upstairs. So I was excited to be there. Um, but I think that that, I mean, I heard it every week, no joke, for seven years in a row. Yeah. Um, and so it definitely, like, it's engraved in my brain, that along with the gospel, um, the two things that he shares every single week. Um, I think that the impact it has is amazing because I think over and over again, I can't tell you how many conversations Steve and I have had where it was like, the first thing, anytime I came to Steve with a problem or anytime something was going on, he's consistent in that the first thing he's going to ask you is, well, have you been in the word? Yeah. And so he doesn't just say it every week to say it. It's not just a thing that he has built into his ministry that he doesn't, I mean, he lives by it right. and it, it's how he urges you on is to stay in the word because he, he believes in the importance of it and he's right. So, <laughs> so. how did he, uh, how did he challenge you in your Bible reading? Like what difference did that make? Cause like you said, he modeled it. Yeah. So what were some things that you saw him do? You're like, I want that in my life too. Well, I think to start out, Steve is the first person who ever challenged me in my faith in general. Um, I, 
don't know what year, I guess my eighth grade year of middle school, I think I came to Steve with a question because I think I'd asked him about cigarettes. Okay. I, I remember it was a super random conversation. I went to Steve, some sort of question about cigarettes and if they're bad or something like that. Cause right. I think a friend at school had been asking me or we were in an argument. And I think it's Steve being who he is. I walked in his office with this question the first time I'd sat down in his office to talk to him. And Steve, I don't know how in the world we got there, but before I left that office, he looked at me and he said, I know your mom. I know your sister. He said, if you guys went home tonight and you got in the car wreck, he said, I know where they're going. He said, I don't know where you are. Mm. And I mean, so right off the bat, Steve in general was the first person to ever ask me, do you know if you're going to heaven? Yeah. And so um, that kind of attitude of, of challenging, as you said, never changed um, for seven years in his youth ministry. Like you said, every single time that there was a problem or anything, that first question was, have you been in the word? Yeah. Um, I wish that I could tell you that over those seven years of youth ministry, I got it and I was in the word. It took me a little longer. I can sure. tell you probably, really, it's not been until the last year or two that I think I've been in the word every day. Yeah. Um, I think that obviously being in youth group is when I started reading the word. Right. Um, but a lot of times it was read a book or read a little bit so that whenever he does ask the question <laughs> Sunday, I can throw my hand up and say I read it. Um, but I think that even though it took me a while to get it, I think that um, something I've seen from Steve and then finally eventually got there myself to learn it was that like the reason that challenge is there is because it is necessary for you. Um, your um, something we were talking about this week at the retreat um, and something I've, I've learned on my own as well is that Steve said, you know, our, our salvation, he said, we don't have anything to do with it. It's not by our own effort. He said, but the relationship that is entirely dependent on what you're going to put into it. Right. Um, another way I heard it put is that our salvation, we can't change our status. We are saved. We are made righteous by Christ. Our status never changes, but our intimacy does. That's great. Yeah. Because it's like. You can have a relationship. A lot of times people are like, well, your, your relationship with God shouldn't be based on effort. No, your salvation can't be based on effort. Mm -hmm. But your relationship certainly does because think about any relationship you've ever had. If you've got a friend that you call your best friend, mm -hmm. but neither of you is working on the relationship, mm -hmm. you're not best friends. Yeah. You have to work at it. It's not a, an obligation. It's a joy to do it because of the end result. Yeah. Now you said something about um, being challenged with the gospel every week. Yeah. How did that impact your life? How did that change like your worldview of how you viewed everything? Because they really do in his youth ministry. They have always rehearsed. Uh, a friend of mine he he says rehearse the gospel. Yeah. Because it's um, going through it again and again and again because it touches every aspect of your not life, not just salvation, but the gospel is part of every part of your life. So what impact does it have hearing the gospel every single week, even after you become a follower yeah. of Christ? Um, a huge one. Um, I talk about it all the time that I look back at high school and I'm amazed at, first off, I know I didn't know half the things then that I do now because I've spent so many more years studying the word. Um, but I was sharing the gospel way more then than I am now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because every single week there was a challenge, not only to go and share it, but there was a teaching and a strategy. Something that we used to say all the time is like, um, if you're going out to war, you're going to have a battle strategy. And it was like, we're in spiritual warfare. It makes sense for us to prepare for it. And I think that's something that a lot of times, and I'm, I'm a big proponent for, I, I don't like to try and fabricate or force a gospel conversation 
when it's not there. Um, I think that following the spirit is really important. Um, but I think that preparedness is not separate from that or that, that it is separate from that. It's being prepared doesn't mean you're trying to fabricate things. It means that you're being prepared. And I think that failure to plan is, yeah. is planning to fail. And you'll see, uh, the more that you're in that gospel conversation, like you said, you're not going to be fabricating that gospel conversation, but you're going to be aware when that opportunity comes yeah. because you've been preparing for it. Not because, you know, you're walking around going, okay, okay, who's the person I'm going to hit? But because you're, you've been in the word, mm-hmm. you've rehearsed that gospel, you are looking for moments that God's going to show up and say, here's an opportunity to use that. And because of your preparedness, you're ready for it to just yeah. step into it. Yeah. So how has stay in the word, like you said, it's only been in the past couple of years that you've kind of circled back to it. How has it um, impacted your life to be in the word on a consistent basis? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, Steve's mantra is stay in the word. And I think something that I kind of learned to pair along with that kind of a mantra that I've adopted over the last year or so is, is inspiration over obligation. Okay. Um, I think that when I heard stay in the word growing up in the church, I think a lot of kids can fall into this is even though I heard Steve said it and even though I knew it worked and I knew it was right and I saw it and I saw Steve live that out, I still had this part of me that thought it was an obligation. Hmm. I think that it was stay in the word because you're a Christian, because you're supposed to. I thought it was, you know, this is, that was my understanding of it was just that that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, something that has changed and why in the last two years it's been like, man, my, my well-being is dependent on being in the word is because I realized I came to a point in my life where, you know, you go to college and you, you get into different experiences and you, you find yourself in a low place in life. And I came to a point where it's like, man, I needed to know what's true. Why do I believe what I believe? And if you want to know what's true, well, the whole basis of truth in Christianity is scripture. It is the Bible. And so if I wanted to know what was true, it made sense to me that, okay, then I need to go read the Bible. I think that today, something that is really hard in Christianity today is you've got so many, whether it be emotionalism or it be um, uh, the opposite of that, the legalism, whatever it is, that you've got these two different brands, you've got prosperity gospel, you've got, you've got so many extremes in Christianity today that it can be hard to differentiate. And something that I ran into is like, I was like, man, which one is right? <laughs> um, I mean, we live this Christianity. We claim to be the one true gospel, but there's how many thousands of denominations? Right. It's like, do we even know what we agree on? Do right. we need, know what the gospel is? And I found myself there of like, man, how do I know that this one is the right one? How do I know that that is the right one? And my only answer there was, I have to go know what the Bible says. Mm. And so when I realized that, it was like, okay, now I have a reason to go read because I need to know what it says. Yeah. If I want to know what Jesus says about a situation in my life, I need to go find out what he said about it. And so when I had that inspiration, this this reason to go read scripture, then I started doing it. <laughs> right. Makes sense. But I think something else that kind of came along with that is I always thought that getting in the word and following the Holy Spirit was supposed to be this very spiritual experience. I thought that you know, I'm, I can't tell you how many times I've sat down, prayed, God, here I am. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to do this. I'm just going to turn to a random page. You lead me there. I'll just start scrolling <laughs> through the Bible, open it up. 
end up somewhere in Nehemiah and it's like, man, I don't even know what's going on. And that's because God is not talking to me. He's talking to the Israelites. And it's, you know, it's, it's always one of those funny things where it's like, okay, I just read something random and I have no idea what it means. Um, and I always thought that it would be this spiritual experience where he gives me exactly what I need. But I think as I got older, like I started to look at it more of like I would do anything else. Like if I have a test coming up and I need to know something for the test, I'm going to go open up the textbook and I'm just going to study. And I started, like, I remember there was a time, a portion of time when I had a lot more free time right after I'd graduated college, I would go and sit at Purdy's and read for five hours in a day, reading the entire, I sat down and read through all of Romans in one setting. Cause I was like, man, there's so much debate about this book. Let's not read it chapter and verse. Let's just read the whole thing and figure out what Paul was saying. Yeah. Um, like stuff like that. I had the time to do it. It's like, I sat down and read it. Like I was studying for anything else. Mm-hmm. And the Holy spirit then is the teacher. He did show up and it was a spiritual thing. But it wasn't an emotion-driven spiritual thing. Right. It was the Holy Spirit stepped in as the teacher, and he then revealed himself through the Word. But this this drive to get into the Word, to know what it says, to understand what is true, all of that, that pursuit of wanting to know the Lord, right? Um, that's really what I think I had to learn that to understand why Steve says stay in the Word. Is this also, I kind of pair it, that inspiration over obligation, find a reason to be there. And then don't go away from it because every single time in my life that I do fall away from that, I get too busy, I'm busy with, with quotation marks around it. Um, really, I get distracted. Um, anytime that that happens, I can tell you my, my well-being, um, my relationship with others, every aspect of my life can go so downhill so quickly because it's like we were talking about in the beginning that it's not about the status of my relationship, but but the uh, the joy of it, the the, uh, the intimacy that I have with God. And it's like there, I mean, it says in the Psalms all throughout, like blessed is the righteous, blessed is the one who's walking in righteousness. It's like when I'm there with Jesus every day, reminded of his promise of grace, like that brings you a confidence that is unlike any other. Mm. You walk away from that, you start forgetting who you are, you start dipping your toe back into the world, you lose all that. And so I think that there's, I guess that's just kind of what's come over the years with all of it about like, it is really my life is dependent on my time in the Word. Well, Alex, thank you so much. I really loved that. That's the, you're, you're exactly right. The inspiration of, over obligation was beautiful because you're exactly right. It's like now I had a reason to listen, mm-hmm. not, just, not just because somebody said I had to. Because like you said, that's, that's the way we grow up, especially if you grew up in the church and you grew up in the youth ministry. Often it's, well, of course you read your Bible because you're a Christian. But to say that inspiration over obligation is is you you get into the word, let it get into you, mm-hmm. and it does change your life because mm-hmm. now, as you said, now you see the reason for it, and you you go to the scripture to find what you need and allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. Man, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So thank you so much for uh, sitting down with us and, and talking about what it means to stay in the word and how how that's uh, really how that's changed your life for the better to make scripture the basis of everything. And I think I love, he always says, get into the word and it will get into you. I think that's, that's, we've said it all weekend here is that the one, the one thing about this is you've got to do it. Like it starts with you getting into the word and then the Holy Spirit will lead. He will take over. And so that's all just got to do it. That's awesome. Thanks for listening. Check out wewerethinking.org for more episodes or drop us a note to info at wewerethinking.org. 